Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. to finish off those chats um, uh, afterwards. Um, stick around. Um, there will be coffee. I don't know about anything else, but there will be coffee. Um, so, yeah, I do hope that, that you all get to keep enjoying each other's company. Um, kia ora, um, for those who don't know me, but I think everybody might know me. Um, I'm Makarita, and um, and uh, this, this right here is my tūranga waiwai. Um, these are my people, and uh, so I welcome you if this is your first time. Um, if it is not your first time, um, hang around. You'll like us. Um, I like us. Um, so, um, and so it's my pleasure um, this morning. Um, you know, we find ourselves this Sunday continuing um, this series on Advent Voices, um, as you can see up on the screen. And, and again, if this is your first time, joining us for the for the series welcome um no my hide my and um and I do hope that there will be something for your kitty that you take away today um and um and I hope I have something of worth um to give you if not God will um he's good that way right um so in spite of me <laughs> he's good that way um now advent Right, Advent is um, is more than a, a calendar, and uh, and so if you're not sure, it's a special season. Uh, it's a season of the church and in our faith, and it's the four weeks, particularly the Sundays, um, leading up to Christmas, and it's a time of preparation. It's a time of um, awareness as we move towards um, the moment of recognition of God as one of us. Um, it's the moment when the world welcomed Jesus. Um, oh, anybody know Talladega Nights, that movie? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I always want to say baby Jesus, but then I just have that voice in my head. Thank you, baby Jesus. Um, so, anyway, um, it is the moment when the world welcomed baby Jesus. Um, but God, as one of us in our midst, right, and as part of our community's um, preparation, um, we're hearing from several voices, as you've heard Vic um, say this morning, and um, voices of people in the story. And we're hearing those voices from several voices within our community. So this morning when we lit um, the Advent candle, the, the pink one, um, that, you know, that candle, as, um, as Fran led us through, it reflects joy, right? The joy that comes through um, Jesus' arrival. Um, hariko, yeah, that, that's, that's what joy is. And um, what I love about the Māori um, uh, term for, for joy is um, it's a really deep thing. It is not just, um, you know, like um, Fran was saying, we can't just go around being happy. Jesus didn't just go around being happy. Um, it's, it's a deep sense of joy, right, um, that comes from um, within. 
So, um, you know, this morning, as we celebrate the joy, um, we are hearing from two voices um, who come from the more sombre parts um, of our Christmas narrative. And, um, and, you know, such is life sometimes, right? Um, we joyfully celebrate wonderful events, even life-changing events, and then we have COVID. Um, and, you know, and, and we acknowledge that there's also the not-so-wonderful um, of life, which usually has to do with loss or pain, which is what we're looking at this morning. Today's voices um, that I'm looking at, um, before we do, yeah, I was quite okay when Vic asked me to speak this morning. Um, He didn't just ask me this morning, by the way. Um, But I was quite okay when he asked me to speak. I mean, there's so many voices that are awesome to dig a little deeper into. Um, You know, we've got a pregnant teenager. Um, In the story, we have the guy who's left carrying the baby. Um, And, you know, whatever was going on for him. Yeah. Um, We have um, the nobility from the East um, who brought all the bling, and um, and then we have, you know, um, this over 50-year-old who's pregnant and her husband um, who couldn't believe that he still got it, you know? Um, so, so it's a, you know, there's amazing things, but no, no. Vic says, can you do Rachel? Um, can you do... Rachel and Herod. So Rachel, who after years and years of infertility ends up dying in childbirth. Herod, the bad guy. I get the bad guy. Um, I kind of like bad guys, but I get the bad guy, yeah? But as I've looked deeper into both um, Rachel and Herod's um, voices, I've really realised how relevant they are, eh? For, um, for all of us, how relevant they are for me. Um, you know, Rachel's is a voice of pain, emotional and physical pain. Um, Herod's is a voice of fear, um, his own fear, and then the fear that he um, loved to inflict on others. So as we take a look at the disciple Matthew's um, recording of the story, I want to begin first with an understanding um, of where we enter the story today um, and about Matthew's approach um, because I'm convinced it will be helpful. Um, And so, you know, it'll be helpful to help us understand um, these voices of Herod and Rachel's. So, okay. Who do you think is most likely to be the author of the Gospel of Matthew? Oh, well done. The tax collector, right? So he's a tax collector. Think tax collector brain, right? So everything needs to be ordered, yeah? And he doesn't forget anything, anything. Um, so, so, you know, the disciples, they spent about 30, 40 years sharing what they'd been orally taught um, and passing on their eyewitness accounts um, of Jesus. And so, you know, as well as all the teachings that, um, that they'd memorised. And so what Matthew does is he collects and arranges all of them in a way where he highlights certain themes, about Jesus. So specifically, Matthew wants to show that Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of the whole biblical story um, of God and of Israel, right? And so in particular, 
that, that point that's up on the screen now, in particular that Jesus is the Messiah from the line of David, that he is a new authoritative teacher just like Moses, um, and that he is um, God with us. The Hebrew word is Emmanuel. Now, the way that Matthew um, has designed his book is that he has this introduction, chapters 1 to 3, and a conclusion, chapters 26 to 28. And then they act like a, a framework, and in between, he has five distinctive um, sections of um, the Jesus narratives that he, he does. So I'm not going to go into all of those, but I want you to understand the intentional design that um, Matthew has because he wants us to understand that Jesus' story is directly connected to the Old Testament. And, you know, in the introduction, um, chapters 1 to 3, like in chapter 1, Matthew starts with the genealogy of Jesus. So we find out, oh, Jesus comes from the line of David who comes from Abraham, right? Abraham, who God said, you will have many descendants. That's Jesus' line. That's his genealogy. And in chapter 2, which is where we are um, going to be um, hearing the voices of um, Herod and, and Rachel, in chapter 2, we begin to see how all of the events of that time are fulfilling Old Testament prophetic promises, so, for example, nations will come and honour him. Yeah, and we see that because the Magi turn up, right? Um, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem and on and on. All these Old Testament promises. And from the outset of his writing, the tax collector is making it count. Um, nobody laughed. Um, <laughs> okay, then. Dad jokes are okay up here, right? Um, Anyway, um, as, as he makes sure that the echoes um, of the Old Testament are directly connected to the personhood of Jesus as well as um, to Jesus being God with us in the flesh. So let's look at the scriptures. So this is from Matthew chapter 2. Um, if you want to read it along on your phone or device or if you've got a paper one, wow, um, uh, so, uh, that's your Bible I'm talking about. Okay, so Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born, wait. I missed the first verse. Okay, let me just read it for you, right? So, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, we join Matthew's account at a time when there was a lot of expectation um, by the people of Israel for their Messiah. And they were looking for a saviour. They wanted someone to bring them out um, from under the Roman rule. So... You know, I mean, this beautiful piece of art is about a, a grand hero messiah coming in and he's going to annihilate um, all, of, all of the Romans because that's their expectation, is that they would have a physical, strong saviour um, to bring them out from that rule. And their, you know, their, their expectation is a bit like the statement made in that picture. And... 
but as the Magi arrive in Judea, right, we're introduced to um, King Herod, but we're introduced to a baby. This saviour that is coming is not really matching um, the guy on the horse. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be someone who's just going to prance in and take care of everything. Um, so with that, right, we can imagine that a lot of the, the, um, the, a lot of pe- the people of Israel would have been quite confused and quite baffled, even though they knew that it was prophesied. But what they wanted was an instant hero. Yeah? Now, as the Magi arrive in Judea, we also, we're introduced to King Herod. Okay? So Herod the Great, that was his name, right? Um, and Herod the Great knew that they were coming, looking for, the Magi were coming, and they asked, they were looking for the King of the Jews, right? So there's an echo to, for those of you who know the story way ahead, like at the end of the book, do people read the end of the book before they finish? Yeah, so anyway, at the end of the book, um, people know that that term, King of the Jews, appears again, right? It's echoed at the end of Jesus' ministry as the inscription on his cross. And so we continue. So when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, I can't see that screen. I just want to make sure you can follow it. Where? Yes. It's just the scripture. <laughs> I know you have it written on your heart. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Right, that's my last time up here. Um, <laughs> okay, for this is what's ri- what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Now, Herod is really good because he gathers um, all the chief priests and his son, who later on takes over from him, like this is an echo, like he, he gathers all the chief priests because he needs to make a plan. And his son, who takes over from him and is there at the end of Jesus' ministry, his son also gathers the chief priests because they know where, which side of the bread, which side is, their bread is buttered on, Right? You know that phrase, right? They know they need to get those guys on board because they know they can get those guys to action everything amongst the people and cause, um, you know, disharmony. And so, you know, there's no doubt from what Matthew records about the identity and the role of Jesus. And so, you know, there's another echo that we have to... um, To, to the Old Testament as well as what's to come. Now, Herod the Great. Can we, can we go? Yeah. Herod the Great. So apparently that's supposed to look like him. Um, I don't know what happened to his eyes. But, um, 
But, you know, in this part of, of that chapter, right, we actually get our first look at Herod's character, right? Verse 3, he was disturbed at the news of a king being born, right? Maybe he was threatened, but it's a baby, right? So, you know, other ancient texts um, tell us that this was happening towards the end of Herod's reign, um, Herod the Great's reign, and as a ruler, um, he was like one of as a ruler, he was like one of our modern day property developers. Do we have any in the room? Ones who don't have any issues with resource consent, um, because he built a lot of stuff, right? He was very well known um, for uh, what he did in terms of the infrastructure and um, the buildings um, across all of Judea under his rule. But he also had quite a reputation. Um, He demanded loyalty, just as loyalty was demanded of him by the Roman Empire. And it wasn't uncommon for people to be executed on his orders if they got in his way. Um, Even two of his sons fell short of that expectation of loyalty and he found out that they were plotting something, so he had them executed. Now, if his own sons could plot against him, then how much easier it would be that others would be doing the same. And so Herod the Great was also known to be paranoid. And so no wonder he was disturbed by a baby. Just a baby but it was disturbing. Um, Back to the scripture. Then Herod called um, the Magi secretly, um, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Liar. Um, So this paranoid king, right, in verse 7, calls the Magi secretly. Yeah? So he strikes a deal in secrecy that's got to tell you that there's something wrong, right? Because no transparency. What sort of leader does that? Yeah? So he, um, he does this and then he lies to them about wanting to go and worship the baby because he'll do and say whatever it takes to get what he wants. So verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. I don't think they had a pink candle, but they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him, right? So now we're introduced in verse 13 to what Herod actually has got in his heart, right? He wants to search for the child to kill him, this baby. And so in verse 14, he got up. This is Joseph, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt, 
I called my son. You know, in verse 15, there is an echo of Moses who was called out of Egypt to lead the people of Israel out from under Pharaoh. And now Jesus will be called out of Egypt to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. The rest of Matthew's gospel is designed to be an echo of Moses' books, right? So, you know, I was telling you about there's the, the framing of the introduction and um, the conclusion, and he has five um, particular sections. The first five books of the Old Testament are known as Moses' books, right? So even the design, Matthew wants us to connect. This is Old Testament prophecy, right? The echoes. And so even the sections themselves echoes Moses' approach and how Jesus um, will be ministering. So um, verse, verse 14, 16, when Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, right? This was known as the massacre of the innocents, right? Verse 16, Herod's escalation, right? Um, You know, the angel told Joseph that Herod wanted to kill Jesus, the baby Jesus, um, but Seriously, Herod escalates to killing all the boys, right? Because, and, and that's the sign of a very unstable leader, right? Um, uh, someone probably under a lot of stress, but someone very, very um, insecure and fearful, right? Because he's about to lose something. They call him the king of the Jews. He's about to lose a sense of power and rule over these people. And so now we hear the echo In verse 17, we hear the echo of Rachel's voice in Matthew's account. And it reads this. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping. I can't even read my own. um, Weeping and great mourning. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, Matthew is echoing the prophet Jeremiah, who symbolically portrays Rachel um, as the mother of um, the northern tribes. Um, And she's pictured crying for the exiles at Ramah and refusing to be consoled. But Rachel had a really hard life, eh? Um, for those of you, like, if you don't know, right, Rachel's life was filled with sadness and grief. Um, as the wife of Jacob, her father double-crossed Jacob, who thought he was going to marry Rachel, um, but instead he ended up marrying her older sister Leah. And then Rachel and Jacob had to wait another seven years before they could marry In the meantime, Leah and her handmaiden bore several children to um, Jacob. But when the time came and they were married, Rachel couldn't conceive for several years. And she finally birthed Joseph, who we all know his story. But she finally birthed Joseph. 
But then she died in childbirth with their son, Benjamin. So if there was anyone who knew the pain and the grief of loss, it's Rachel. And Rachel's voice is brought into this time where we're preparing for this joyful thing that is about to happen. Yeah, and such is life. That we, you know, as Fran was saying before, but then even, um, you know, as the Bennets were sharing, they were sharing about the fact that we have some tough times and that we then have the joyful times and we push through, yeah? Um, and so push through doesn't mean we ignore it, right? Um, I may have done that in my earlier life. Um, doesn't work. Just comes back to bite you in the butt. Um, so... So sitting with our, our loss and our grief and our pain, yeah, as, as yucky as it is, but this season that we're in, this season of hope, this season of peace, this season of joy, is a season to bring all of our loss and pain. It's a season for us um, to be able to um, come and anticipate God being with us, and God being with us through all of those things. Um, Nick, do you want to go and grab, um, please, um, our young people? So, um, you know, the story goes on that after Herod died and the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, the angel told Joseph, okay, get up. Um, this is Rachel dying in childbirth. Um, and so the angel tells him to, um, oh, you know that isn't actually Rachel dying in childbirth, right? That's an artist's impression. Okay, just saying. Um, so, so, so we we have the culmination of um, of the story in this chapter, where um, now Joseph takes Jesus and Mary to a town called Nazareth because he's not going to take them back to where they were because he knows that Herod's son has taken over, the one son he's got left that he didn't kill off. So, you know, Rachel and Herod's echo, right? Um, we have abuse of power, treachery, lies, rage, murder. We have extreme sadness, emptiness, waves of grief, right? And, you know, it's, it's easy for us to, get, to think, well, where on earth did those fit with our Advent week of joy? And yet I know of a 16-year-old boy um, who has just buried his mother. Christmas is never going to be the same for that family again, right? Um, and, you know, and, and he's a beautiful boy and his family are amazing, but he's never going to be the same again. And so in this time that, you know, we're waiting for um, presents and we're waiting for um, the kids, um, <laughs> you know, we, we have um, people who were, are coming to this Thursday's um, Christmas shop because they need that help, yeah? And, and these are our neighbours. These are the people who we might be rubbing shoulders with in the queue at Countdown. Um, or pack and say. So, you know, our, our heart, um, you know, in terms of looking at these voices is that there would be encouragement for you 
that you would choose joy and choose hope and choose peace in the midst of it, right? Hope is ever present for us. Um, you know, even when, you know, we look at the echoes of Herod and Rachel, and perhaps you know the fallout of Herod behaviour towards you. Perhaps you know the fallout of your Herod behaviour towards others, right? Choose joy, choose hope, choose peace. Hope is ever present um, as we consider, um, you know, the echoes of, um, of Rachel, right? Perhaps you've been isolating, but you need help and you need comfort. Perhaps you've experienced loss after loss after loss, and the pain is so great that you wouldn't dare to look upon it, let alone feel it. But it's there. And perhaps you agonise for loved ones who either are here in, um, you know, in a, or back in your homeland at this time of pandemic. Perhaps grieving the loss of dreams or relationships that seem irrecoverable. Perhaps missing um, the breather that our land was given when we were all in lockdown, right? And trying to go back to that. Well, all of this, it's, it's confronting and it's unpredictable. But we, you know, we encourage you to bring it, bring it to the season, yeah? It's not, it's not something that we just ignore and leave. And so this morning... I encourage you to bring those things as well as all your joy and your peace and your hope um, to the table, um, to the table of God. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.